impacts them every day. I think we're going to do a great job. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Modern Man Podcast, where we connect men in pursuit of their potential. Join us as we embrace discomfort, cultivate community, and put wind in each other's sails. If you're ready to take your personal and professional growth to the next level, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to check out the Noble Knights Mastermind Group, where you will find the support, accountability, and mentorship you need to achieve your goals and be a high-value man. Join us and become a part of a community of like-minded men on a mission to improve themselves and elevate their capacity for life. And we're getting a boost up today from my guest. I'm excited to introduce founder of the Extraordinary Man Movement and host of the Extraordinary Man Podcast, Ryan Horn, joining us on the call. Ryan, thanks for being on, brother. Hey, Ted. Absolutely. Great to be here. I'm excited for it. Absolutely. And and just giving an opportunity really quick, as I always do at the beginning of the episode for our audience and the guests to get acquainted. Uh, and I really like letting the guests in their own words, introduce themselves because I can mention the mission, the extraordinary man movement. I can mention the podcast, but that doesn't tell the story of how we got here. So I'd love for you to really quick pull back the curtains, let folks know who you are, and what you do, brother. Absolutely. Yeah. So I am a peak performance coach, speaker, and author, and I love helping people ultimately. So started coaching people about eight years ago. And uh, as I'm sure we'll dig into here, getting clarity on exactly, you know, who you want to help and how you want to help them and all that is a journey. It's not just like a lightning bolt, like, oh yeah, one day I woke up and I knew this, like it's a process. And uh, one of my favorite quotes is that action brings clarity. So that's the brief, brief background uh we can dig into more uh, as we go here if you want i love it i love it action action breeds clarity was that the the quote action brings clarity action yeah. brings yep. clarity so uh, speaking of action i guess i want to go way back to maybe one of the first actions that you had to take and it's kind of like how do we get here in terms of your story starting um from my knowledge where it's 12 hour overnight shift working at the metal factory uh broke not not meeting your full potential, what was the action you took in that moment or what happened that had you take action to change the trajectory of where you were? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll I'll give a little brief background on that. So went to college, got a degree in exercise science. The plan for me was to be a strength and conditioning coach at a college. That's what I wanted to do. I was on that path. And I, I read a great book called The Education of Millionaires, I think of my junior year of college. And uh, it kind of re-sparked entrepreneurship within me. And I, also, I realized that it was going to be harder than I realized to get a job and probably going to have to get a master's degree and all this other stuff. So I was like, why don't I just start my own business? So I graduated from college. And I moved down to where I currently live now, the Twin Cities here in Minnesota, and started a personal training business. And I very quickly realized that if you don't know how to market and you don't know how to sell, you do not make any money. And so I learned that lesson the hard way. So about three months in, I'd literally made like a couple hundred dollars. And at the time I was living with my aunt, she lived in a 55 plus condo community. I was sleeping on her couch and I wasn't even technically allowed to be there because this 55 plus condo community. So I'm literally like sneaking in and sneaking out in the mornings and the evenings, like trying to avoid these old ladies. So I don't get reported. <laughs> like It was a crazy time. Right. And I had all these student loans that were about to come to you. So I'm like, okay, man, I got to do something to make some money. And you know, the business is obviously not working out the way I wanted it to yet. And so I go to this employment agency. They placed me at this metal factory working 12 hour night shifts, like you said, 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. for $9 an hour. And oh, wow. yeah, that was a humbling experience. So, uh, but I'm grateful that I went through that. So I'm in the metal factory one night. 
and I'm, I'm in the break room. It's like two o'clock in the morning, something like that. And I'm just sitting there and like, I look up at the clock and boom, like just hit me that it was my 23rd birthday. And I was like, man, what the heck am I doing here? Like, God, I know you got to have a, a bigger plan for me than this. Like, right. Like mm-hmm. everybody told me I was going to go do whatever I wanted and I could succeed at anything and whatever. And here I am. And to be honest, I felt just totally embarrassed and ashamed. I was like, how the heck did I get here? Right. And so I don't know if you or anybody that's listening has ever felt like they were living below their potential or like they're letting everybody around them down, but that is exactly how I felt and didn't feel very good. Right. Yeah. But, um, what I realized and what I've since realized is that you can actually use that pain to fuel you forward. And so I made a very powerful decision sitting there in the metal factory, two o'clock in the morning that, you know what, I don't have to just sit here and take it. And if I do, I'm probably going to be sitting here again next year on my birthday. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I made a powerful decision that I'm going to go out and learn the skills that I know are missing and whatever else it is that I need to learn, whatever else it is that I need to do to make my business successful or die trying. And so long story short, that is what I did. So I quit the metal factory, finished out that shift, quit the metal factory, never went back. And, uh, we can dive in deeper if you want, but long story short, uh, I basically went and did that. Yeah. Did you quit that day or was it kind of like, okay, I put in my two weeks and, and starting to leave quit that day. So because it was with an employment agency, it was pretty uh, like there was yeah. no two weeks. It was just, boom. I was like, I am done. Finished the shift <laughs> left and never returned. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to touch on you. You mentioned skills, right? Uh, so you, you, here you are, you, you jump ship. And, you know, whether it's, you know, the analogy folks here of you jump and build a parachute on the way down or you jump ship, you're in deep water. You got to learn how to swim. You mentioned the skills um, and everybody says that, right? Acquire skills and get better. You got to break it down for us, man. What were the skills you pursued and how did that help you stay afloat after jumping ship? Absolutely. So I, I think there's two different things here. So I think there is there definitely is specific business skills you need, right? Like I I didn't know how to sell. I didn't know how to market. So I definitely needed to learn those. But I think most people get way too caught up with that, especially in today's day and age, it's pretty easy to figure out at least the basics of that stuff, even for free, right? Mm-hmm. But to me, there's that side of things. And then there's the other side of things, which is like your mindset and like all of, all of these other things. And so long story short, the business skills I learned relatively quickly. Like I I went out there, I found a mentor, started to learn how to sell, started to learn how to market. It's probably about four months later that I had gotten enough traction in my business where I was able to move out of my aunt's place. But basically I was only just barely covering the bills and I stayed in that place for about the next year and a half. And I realized not at the time, obviously, but I realized later that it was mostly a mindset thing. And it was a, it was a me trying to do everything type of thing. And so um, I had gotten this, uh, like certificate or something from one of a, it was like a Tony Robbins program, 30 hour audio program that I'd went through. That was very helpful. It was, it was amazing. Um, and it came with a free coaching call and they probably reached out to me like 
20 times over this year and a half to try to get me to do, to do this free coaching call. And I was just like, no, no, I just like kept stiff arming it. I was like, uh, I don't think I really need a coach. Plus I can't afford one anyway. And you know, all that. And so finally a year and a half later of trying to do it all on my own, even though I had acquired some skills and I felt like I was working harder and harder. I was reading more books. I was you know, going through more courses, all of this stuff, but it was like, that really wasn't doing much to move the needle more. So I was like, okay, I, there's something I'm missing. So finally I'm like, okay, let me just do this free coaching call. You know, I'm not going to buy coaching. I already know going in, I'm not going to buy coaching, but let me just do the free call and see what happens. Right. So I do the free call. It was amazing. I had tons of breakthroughs, realizations. And ultimately I was like, okay, I need a coach. <laughs> That's what's missing. Yeah. And so, um, long story short, I feel like one of the biggest lessons I've learned as an entrepreneur is that, uh, it's never about resources. It's always about resourcefulness. And so long story short, I didn't have the money. I didn't have the resources, quote unquote, at least that's what I was telling myself, but I got resourceful enough to hire the coach. And it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. So over the next 12 months, um, I doubled my income in my business, but ultimately every single area of my life got so much better. And it was because yeah. I had a coach. And so, I love that. yeah. So to me, that's what got me interested in coaching was hiring a coach and seeing the impact. And I was like, Whoa, I had no idea that this whole world even existed. And so long story short on that, I had the personal training business. It's going well at this time. I like it. But then there's this whole new thing about coaching. So I kind of dove into that as well. And uh, I, I also started going to tons of in-person events, business events and personal development events. So I was meeting all these people and I started coaching some people just for free and having my coach show me like, Hey, how do you be a coach? How do you coach other people? Yeah. And so kind of dipped my toe in it. But to be honest, it was, it was just a side thing that I was kind of doing for fun for a while. But over the course of a couple of years, I felt like God was calling me into coaching and out of personal training. And so 2018 is when I officially launched my current business, Extraordinary Man. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm a coach. I love it. I love it. And, and, and did you always have that entrepreneurial bug as a young age or was this, as you were graduating, becoming the personal trainer, having this mindset shift, was it something that you kind of delved deeper into? Cause I asked that question. Cause a lot of folks talk about the whole nature versus nurture. Were you born an entrepreneur? Did you become one? I'm interested to know your feedback or your thought process on how your journey was on that. Yeah, that's a great question. So I think it's a little bit of both for me. So growing up and even in college, I wouldn't I wouldn't have probably said I was entrepreneurial or anything just yeah. because uh, I don't know, I, I wouldn't have said that. But if somebody from the outside, they probably would have been like, yeah, Ryan, you definitely were because I I had a, I had a lawn mowing business, snow shoveling business. And uh, when I was, I think maybe around 11 years old or so, I convinced my mom, she got these catalogs for uh, fundraising catalogs for our Sunday school. And we went around and sold these calendars, raised money one year. And so she kept getting these catalogs. I'm sitting there in the summer and uh, looking through this catalog and I'm like, whoa, these are the calendars we just sold last summer. And it's saying like, hey, you can buy them for this price, sell them for this price. And you sell like 30 calendars or something, you make like $200 profit. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like I could do that. Like, so I convinced my mom to order the calendars for me to go sell. And I'm from a very small town. So I, I knew everybody. And so I go to the bank, to the store, to all of our neighbors and every single person is like, Oh, are you doing this for your Sunday school again? And I'm like, no, I'm doing it for me. Yeah. <laughs> they were just like, Oh, and uh, so that was normal to me, but yeah, there was definitely 
I, I definitely was entrepreneurial, but it was also something where, uh, like I talked about, when I tried to start my first business, fell flat on my face. So I had to definitely learn a lot. And um, I think the more I leaned into that, the more I, uh, the more I started to love entrepreneurship. Yeah. And I think the more and more people I speak to who jump into entrepreneurship always talk about falling on their face. Like you have to take the L's. My first, I had a watch company back in the day. I had a drop shipping store, which did pretty well. It was one of the top distributors for these specific gloves in the United States. And then, you know, that ends up taking a failure, but it's all the lessons that we learn that create us into who we become. And as you mentioned before, even with coaching, it's a journey. Right. And identifying that growth as we go on. How did we land on extraordinary man movement? What was, I guess, the inception, the seed behind that? How did that come about? And how does that relate to your personal story as well? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, like I said, at the very beginning, it's a process, right? And yeah. it's, it's something that's still getting refined for me. But the thing is, if I went to just started taking action when I knew nothing and I didn't know who I wanted to work with or how I wanted to help them, I would never be at this place. Because when I started coaching people, I literally just started coaching anybody and everybody about anything, right? And so it was great because I got a lot of, I, I got a wide variety of experience, but I also started to see Hey, these are the people I feel like I can help the most, or these are the people I feel called to help the most, or these are the people that I enjoy helping the most. And so it, it was not a quick, fast process, but eventually I started to see, well, I really love working with men. I really um, feel like I can help them more. And also, I think this is not always true, but a lot of times people, um, if you look at your own life, the like your ideal person to help is you from five or 10 years ago. And so in a lot of ways, I would say that's me. I'm looking at other guys that are entrepreneurs that uh, are in a place where I was five or 10 years ago, but that's also not always the case. So I am, I'm 33 now, but the majority of people I coach are actually older than me. So when I first started coaching and like, I remember my first coaching client that was older than me, I was like, why would they trust me? Why would they believe anything I said? Like they're older than me. They have a, they're married, they have a family, they have, you know, whatever, or maybe their business is more successful than mine, whatever. But <clears throat> those are all lies, right? We all have imposter syndrome at times and like, Oh, well, I'm not qualified to do that. This I'm not qualified to do that. Um, but that's ultimately you just got to get in there and take action and you will get clear on who to work with and how to help them. That's an interesting point. I'd like you to get, I guess, lean in a little bit more on that in terms of, um, you know, someone older than you, or maybe someone that uh, from one measurement, one spectrum might seem ahead of the game, right? Um, what is that exchange like? And what is the value you provide to that? Because I think there's a lot of people listening, a lot of guys listening who might feel that imposter syndrome, feel inadequacy sometimes compared to their fellow man, or even to a mentor, or even a potential client. Uh, how do you get through that noise and I guess help us identify that specific value that we can actually provide to some of these folks who we might from our, from our yardstick put ahead of us in measurement? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I think a big piece of it obviously is being confident and you're going to build that confidence by taking action. Right. And so I started out by coaching lots of people for free and I started to see, Oh, Hey, they're getting tons of value from this. Um, so that gave me a lot of confidence. But I, I would say I coach a lot of people that also want to be coaches or have coaching businesses. And this is very, very common where it's like, man, I don't feel qualified to do this. 
you know, why would anybody listen to me? Or, hey, you know, this guy who's 10 years older than me or whatever, like, why would he listen to me? You know, how can I add value to him? Whatever. So I, I think it's confidence by doing, and you can start by helping people for free if you need to. Right. And I remember for me as well, when I started charging, I started charging people very little money because I, because I still had that feeling. But then as I help more and more people, and I started to see, oh my gosh, wow, I'm adding tons of value to them. You know, this person doubled their business, or this person did this, or this person did that. It starts to give you the confidence to where I started raising my prices and raising my prices and raising my prices. Um, but I, I think something that really helped me a lot too, is that my first coach, uh, when he was coaching me, I think he was like 29 or 30 years old. He had not been a coach for that long. And he was telling me about all of his other, like his, some of his other coaching clients, he would use his examples sometimes with me. And he's talking about people that are making millions of dollars. And I knew that he was doing well, you know, he was making probably multiple six figures, but he wasn't making millions of dollars. Right. And yeah. people that are way older than him. So I literally asked him that one time I was like, what qualifies you to coach those people? And like, why would they listen to you? Right. But ultimately it's all about results. People don't care how many certifications you have. They don't care how many degrees you have. They don't care about anything other than can you help them? And do you actually care? Mm -hmm. So do you genuinely care? Do you genuinely, genuinely want to help them? And can you help them? Yeah. It's ultimately all that matters. So you mentioned you like working with, with men. And I think as, as men, we, we do one of two things where we invest in ourselves, we work hard and, and sometimes to our own detriment. Or you have some of the guys who are on the opposite side of the spectrum, probably not the type that listen to this podcast, who are more of the, the recluses, more of the relax, not doing too much outside of just their day job, just getting by. Um, whether you have one or the other, what is it you found that that helps motivate men to get them going? Yeah, I, I've been on both sides of that fence before. And <laughs> yeah. I don't think either one of them is a, is, is a good place, right? You got to try to find a, a, a good balance. Um, so for me, I put together maybe four or five years ago or so a framework that I use for coaching people. And so it's, it's five C, so it's easy to remember. So it's clarity, commitment, coaching, courageous action, and course correction correction. And so ultimately that's the process I take people through because for most people, they're not very clear on where they're at and where they want to go. First of all, so you got to start there. If that's you, you got to start there. And the other thing is, even if you are clear, it's going to change as you start taking action, as life happens, things are going to change, which is a huge reason why I think everybody should have a coach. Uh, because when you're in your situation, you can't see everything else. Your coach is kind of like they're in a helicopter up above you and they can say, hey, you should turn left here. You know, you want to avoid this. You want to avoid that. Um, but so it's starting with clarity. And I think you need to get clear on number one, where you at and where do you want to go? And I think there's also a distinction between vision and goals. You need both of them. Vision to me is three plus years in the future. Should be big, should be bold, should be exciting. That should be the thing that gets you to jump out of bed in the morning. And for a lot of people, if they're not motivated and they're like, you know, they're just working their job and kind of going through the motions, they don't have that vision. I guarantee it. Mm -hmm. Or if they do, it's just not big enough. So there's that, which is great, but then you also need goals, which breaks it down into more practical steps. So to me, goals is 12 months or less, much more practical, much more, what can you do now, right? Because yeah. the vision, if you can tell me exactly step-by-step step how you're going to do it, not big enough. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. so that, yeah, so that's number one is clarity. Get really, really clear. Number two is commitment because it doesn't matter how clear you are. If you are not committed, you're not going to follow through. 
And especially in entrepreneurship, you know, we've already talked about it both a little bit. There's going to be ups and downs. It is not going to be a smooth road. It's not going to be just you start here and you go straight up and it's amazing, right? There's a lot of 10 year overnight success stories uh, in entrepreneurship. And so how do you get more committed? And so one of the things that I've learned from Tony Robbins is that there's a lot of people that have a lot of shoulds, but shoulds only happen when it's convenient. Right. So how do you take your should and make it a must? Because when it's a must, it's going to happen no matter what. And so there's there's several different things you can do, processes you can go through. um, But figuring out your why and really digging into that. And then also something that I do on an initial coaching call with people is is take them through pain and pleasure. Hey, what's going to be the pain of you not following through on this a year from now for having this conversation? You're still in the exact same place. What's that going to feel like? What's your life going to look like? Right. And so most people don't go there. So if you dig deep into that, man, I would love to tell you that people are more motivated by what they want, but they are way more motivated by avoiding pain. So digging into that is key, but then also, you know, you don't want to just think about pain and you know stay there and think about that all day right you have to look at the other side of things what is possible if you do make some changes if you go, go, do go and hit these goals how would your life be different you know how would that feel and all of these different things so deep, diving deep into that is is really really big um but clarity and commitment i would start there because 99% of people from my perspective and when i sit down and have an initial call with them they need to do some work on those two things. Yeah. Uh, but step number step number three is coaching. And so I kind of make a distinction between two different types, active and passive. So active coaching is more like probably what you would think, one-on-one coaching. Um, and passive to me is more like, you know, listening to this podcast or reading a book or something like that. You're going to get some coaching from it, but the book isn't going to talk back to you, right? You can't ask the book a question and, and get a specific answer to your specific situation. Um, but coaching, definitely very important. I don't think anybody, uh, you're not going to maximize your potential without a coach, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. And then step number four. So ultimately, all these other things are leading up to step number four, which is courageous action, right? Because nothing happens if you don't take action. And the reason I call it courageous action is because we all have things that we know it's like, a lot of times we know, sometimes we don't know what it is, but a lot of times we know what it is. We're like, okay, I know I need to do this. I got to call this person or I got to, you know, start being on, uh, start being a guest on podcasts or start my own podcast or whatever it is. Do the reach outs. Right. That, that we don't want to do. So we put it off or we procrastinate on it or we do it once in a while. Right. Or again, we do it when it's convenient, but you're never going to reach your potential. You're never going to maximize it. If that's how you're going about it. So how do you get yourself to take the courageous action consistently? And what I've found is a lot of times people need to go back to steps one through three. Either they're not clear enough on where they're at and what they want. Number two, they're not committed enough to make it happen. Or number three, they don't have a high enough level of coaching. So a lot of times when you have those three things lined up, the courageous action it's still called courageous action for a reason, right? You still got to do it, but it's a whole lot easier. And then number five is course correction. So this is what screws up a lot of people I see because they're like, okay, Ryan, I got clear. I got committed. I have coaching. I'm taking the courageous action, but I still didn't get the result that I wanted, right? And that is going to happen, right? The the first time you try anything, you're not, you're almost never going to wildly succeed at it, right? Think about when you were learning to tie your shoes or learning to ride a bike, right? There's a process. So realizing that, instead of having the expectation that, oh man, I did everything right and it didn't work out, right? Mm -hmm. Well, 
that's that's business that's entrepreneurship right so it's really to me it's just it's not failure it's a stepping stone to success right so you're going to learn as long as you take what you learned and apply it next time then you're going to be better um but ultimately you're going to just have to course correct until you get it right yeah those are my five c's that's so true the course correct at the end because um you know one of my favorite fun facts is the i believe it was the initial moon moon rover the the moon the the moon satellite that they initially sent up spent 90 percent of its voyage off track and it was just those little adjustments along the way and it still reached its destination so the initial moon lander spends 90 percent of its <laughs> of its travels off track but still gets to the destination and that's true for a lot of our entrepreneurial journey right a lot of us could spend years trying to hone in and do something wrong for four or five years and then the sixth year we get it right and then boom it all comes together and makes sense now was that five six years of failure no it was five six years of adjustments and figuring out how to get there and those adjustments are what gets us uh, there um and, and i know for for a lot of different people different businesses maybe different scenarios in life there are different behaviors and different activities that might help them what are i guess some of the uniform habits that you find beneficial for people to take on or maybe even give us a glimpse at what your morning routine looks like and how your day is structured for that growth for that investment into self and to play into that clarity of vision tackling the goals along the way and taking the courageous action each and every single day that's laid out in front of you definitely yeah so i mean there's a there's a lot of different ways we could go with this so a couple yeah. of things for me i would say uh, when i was first an entrepreneur i was working 24 7 there was no difference between my personal life and business life which if that's you stop it. <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not, it's not healthy. So setting up some boundaries of, you know, what are your work hours, first of all, and then organizing your days and planning ahead. Most entrepreneurs I know are not super organized people, including myself. So having a system and, and what does that look like and knowing, oh, okay, here's what my, and, and I think it's important. This is why it's important to start with the vision and then break it down into goals because the vision is going to get you excited. Then the goals are going to give you action steps towards achieving it. If you know, okay, 12 months from now, this is my goal, then you can break it down into, okay, what's my goal for this month? What's my weekly goal? And then what are my daily actions? Um, so something I developed maybe four or five years ago, I've done all different types of morning routines and journals and questions and stuff. And I kind of took the best of everything from that and packaged it into something that I could do quickly and easily. So I call it my power questions. It's six questions that I ask myself every day. Um, that really gets me focused and uh, on purpose. And it helps me to have fulfilled days as well, I would say. So the questions real quick are, uh, number one is, what are you grateful for? I'll write down at least three things. Who do you appreciate? I'll write down at least three specific people. And I would say with these, the more specific you can be in general, the better, yeah. right? And, and try not to just write the same thing every day, right? Like, I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. So um, it matters if you're actually just kind of going through the motions to check it off versus really investing in it. Um, number three is whatever, what have I achieved recently, especially for men, I would say we do not celebrate our achievements. We're like, I ask guys this question a lot and they're like, nothing. Like I didn't achieve anything yesterday. Right. <laughs> if that's you, you're thinking too big, right? Because it's not like you don't have to you know, have this huge, massive win, right? Your achievement could be that you uh, 
when your alarm went off, you got up on time instead of hitting snooze, right? Like it can be a little thing. Not that you can't or don't want to have big things too, but um, if you're having trouble with that, just break it down because uh, that is really powerful because we forget all the things that we do and all the su successes that we have and success is built off of success. So I think that is really powerful um, as well. Number four is what special moments have I experienced recently? So just thinking through, because we all have things that happen throughout the day that make us smile or make us laugh or whatever. So it's just, you're just recording it. So you get to relive that, right? Because naturally we're all wired to think negatively. So this basically the reason of all this or the point of all this is to get you rewiring your brain so that you're thinking about all the good things, everything you've accomplished, the people you appreciate, the things you're grateful for. Um, number five. So if you're married, this works out great. If you're not married, you could modify this a little bit. But so for me, question number five is how can I make Brittany, which is my wife's name, feel loved today? So I want to make sure that I am doing something every single day to invest in my marriage. Um, and then number six is what are my top three outcomes for the day? So mm -hmm. we all have huge to do lists of 100 things, right, that we all want to get done. But if I break it down, I'm like, okay, what are the three things that are the most important that are going to move the needle forward? Um, that is super helpful, too, because it's very easy I don't know about you or other people listening, but it's very easy for me to get uh, trying to do like 10 different things, right? And different opportunities coming up. And so that really just helps me to focus in on what's most important um, for the day. So Yeah, that squirrel mentality. And, and I, I use the analogy, you know, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And for a lot of us guys, especially those getting into the entrepreneurial space, you know, we realize and maybe that mindset set shift happens and we realize what we're capable of. And because of that, we want to do everything. Right. And it's like, Oh, I can do this. I can do this. And like you end up doing three, four businesses that are all operating at the same time. And none of them are getting off the ground because you're wearing too many hats or you have that one business, but you're, you're not delegating. You're not, you're not offloading or, or outsourcing any of the of the behaviors of the business or any of the standard operating procedures, you're not setting any systems up. So you're kind of stuck in this overwhelm. And this is probably talking to the person more on the side that works 24 seven and doesn't have any personal life. You're on overload and, and you're not actually being able to take a break, live in the moment, have that gratitude play into how you operate, which also breeds more of a foundation for creativity and for growth. You have more clarity in your business. There's a reason why they call them shower thoughts, because it's when you're leisure that some of the best ideas come into play. Um, how would you say that the decisions we make determine uh, our outcome, our destiny? Right. Uh, because every day you mentioned that morning routine and those questions are really intentional into focusing on gratitude. And then also I, I noticed paying attention and pouring into the things that are that you find valuable, investing in your marriage and then looking at the outcomes that you want for the day. Uh, how do how does having that clarity and maybe that morning routine help shape your decisions day in and day out, which can in turn impact your destiny? Absolutely. Yeah. So Tony Robbins has a quote that I love. He says, your decisions equal your destiny or determine your destiny. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you could look at that in two different ways. Like, you know, I could look at the decision I made in the metal factory 10 years ago, right. To not just settle for that anymore and to go out and, and take massive action and learn what I knew was missing. Right. 
there's that. We all have big decisions like that in our life, but also I think it's the small decisions. It's the daily decisions that we make. And to me, habits are the building blocks of our life, right? So what decisions are you making? Because even if you tell me you don't have any habits, then I know that you have habits. They're just not conscious ones, right? Your habit might be to hit the hit snooze and, and wake up a half hour late every day, right? Or your habit might be to run out the door at the last minute and speed all the way to work and walk in like exhausted because you were rushing the whole morning, right? So we all have habits. And some of them are conscious that you choose, which I would encourage you to do, whether that's doing power questions or, you know, for me, another one that I didn't mention is uh, I've written out my vision, my ultimate vision for every single area of my life in detail. And then I recorded an audio version of me speaking it out with passion and energy. And I listen to that every day because I don't know about you guys, but I don't always wake up feeling amazing and like ready to go every single day. Right. Yeah, so yeah. <clears throat> that reminds me of all of the things that I want and why I want it. And so, yeah, decisions are are incredibly important. Um, the great thing is if you are the person right now, who's just not consciously making the good decisions, you can change that. Mm -hmm. It's all on you. And, and the reality is, when you identify who's in control and, and really who makes those decisions each and every single day, it gives you the power because a lot of us might live with victim mentality, putting the blame on somebody else, right? It's my circumstances. You could have easily said, man, it's my birthday and nobody cares. Here I am too. Like you could have spiraled in the opposite direction. You could have spiraled in the negativity direction, but thankfully you spiraled in the opposite of saying, you know, I'm this is my last day, <laughs> you know? Uh, I, I'm not here anymore. And and that's an interesting point. And I think we've touched on this a few times in previous episodes in the podcast. I'd love for your input on this because I would say the the Ryan that we're talking to today, right, was was there in that metal factory. And when you realized it was your birthday, something shifted within you. Your your identity maybe your vision, something shifted, right? But your environment and where you were was still there. Talk about that gap. I'm interested to know that gap because there's somebody listening and it's my hope and my prayer that, you know, someone's like, you know what? That's it. Where, wherever I'm at, what I'm doing, not it. I'm changing right now. That's great, but your environment and your situation still is what it is. So I'd love to hear how you manage the gap of, okay, it's my birthday. I'm making $9 an hour in the middle of the night at this metal factory. I'm an, I, I need to be an entrepreneur. I need to go over here. How do you navigate that and close that gap? Great question. I think this is a big reason why most people never do what they want to do. You know, they just end up talking about it for 20 years and then they're like, yeah, you know, I, I could have done that or I wish I would have done that or I should have done that. And I think the thing is most people will not take massive action to change their life unless they have a rock bottom moment or, or something like for me, it was in the metal factory. Right. And we talked about this a little bit before, like how do you get yourself committed to doing things and taking action? You got to get leverage on yourself. And so this is why I think coaching is so powerful because when somebody comes to me, I will help them get to that place without them having to be in that place. Right. And so <clears throat> One of two things is what happens for most people. Either number one, nothing happens and they just live their whole life 
being like, oh, I could have done that, you know, and feeling like they were, you know, they never maximized their potential, right? And maybe just being the victim and like, oh, well, it was because of this, it was because of that or, or whatever. Or number two, something happens to them. They have, you know, they their clothes don't fit anymore. And finally, they're like, man, I am fat. I got to lose the weight. And they go take massive action and they lose a hundred pounds or whatever. Right. Or like what happened to me? Like most people that are massively successful, they have something like that in their story where it's like, man, I went bankrupt and you know, the, the state was going to come take my kids cause I couldn't feed them. Right. Or something. And then boom, something snapped and they just went and took massive action. And so I, I think it's, um, if you're comfortable right now, even if it's not where you want to be, we tend to get comfortable in the position, right? I could have easily been at the metal factory and hated it and not enjoyed it, but I was comfortable enough. Like things are okay, right? I'm not starving. I'm not homeless. I'm not living on the street, right? And so that's a dangerous place to be, in my opinion, because when you're comfortable, you're not motivated to take any action. So if that's you right now, if you're in a place where you know that you're made for more, you know, you're capable of more, you know, you want to do more, whether that's going, starting a business, taking it to the next level, whatever, any area of your life, then you have to figure out how to make it a must instead of a should, instead of a, I should quit my job and start this business, or I should lose weight, or I should spend more time with my kids or with my wife. How do you make it a must? Yeah. How do you make it a must? And how do you figure out? Um, by asking yourself questions, I mentioned a few of them before, right? Like what's going to happen a year from now, if you don't make any changes, what's going to happen, right? Five years from now, 10 years from now, right? You got to really pour on the pain. Um, and it can be tough to do to yourself, but having somebody else to do that, uh, is, is so powerful, I think. And, and just, um, we all have something inside of us. Like when somebody asks you the right question, or you think about the potential pain of staying the same, like, and it's different for everybody a little bit. Right. But something inside of you will snap and you will be like, no more, no longer. I'm not going to live like this anymore. I'm not going to settle for this anymore. Right. And so, but until you get to that point for most people, they're, they're not going to take massive action. Yeah. Man, that's what it's all about is having that accountability, having that, that, I mean, the rock bottom, it's it's unfortunate for folks to get there, but sometimes that's what instills the change. And hopefully for those that might be a little bit more intelligent, can identify the trajectory in which they're going and choose to change before it's too late. For anybody that's on that boat listening right now, hopefully you're not at rock bottom listening to this. Hopefully you're in the second half of that group. You're looking at your trajectory. You want to change course and you're listening to everything Ryan's saying. You're like, man, I, I could use a backup. I could use a coach. How could people get in contact with you, Ryan, find out more of the stuff you're doing with your Extraordinary Man movement? And of course, check out the Extraordinary Man podcast. Yeah, definitely. So the best place to go would be uh, one of my websites, which would be either coachryanhorn.com or extmanpodcast.com. So both of those have information about everything that I do from coaching, speaking, um, and, and everything else. But nice. I'll have those links in the show notes for folks to con connect with and, and, and all that. But um, last question, and, and this is usually the heaviest one, Ryan, what is something that you've seen or something that's happened in your life that shapes the way you view the world as a man? That's a great question. Do you repeat that again? What is something that you've seen or something that has happened in your life that shapes the way you view the world as a man? Hmm. I would say 
honestly, just going back to, so we talked about this a couple of times, but I, I think the metal factory experience for me and going through that and the feeling of, you know, starting a business and being hopeful and like, oh man, I'm going to go crush it. And then being in the metal factory and being like, Hey, this is my reality and this is not fun. And this is not what I planned for. And to where I'm at now, I think just that whole experience to me has given me a lot of compassion for people. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and, and honestly, also, I, I would say, uh, if you're out there and you either own a business or you want to start a business or you have something on the side, like, I'm proud of you for doing that because it's hard. It's not easy, right? So to me, I, I think it, to me, it has given me a lot of compassion and empathy for people that I coach and realizing that there are very few people that just are like, hey, I'm going to go start a business and then boom, they're just crushing it right away, right? Mm-hmm. It is usually a lot of pain and struggle and figuring it out um, and, and some hardships along the way and ups and downs before they get to that point. And so uh, most people, they just see the highlight reel of, Hey, look at Ted. He's amazing. He's doing all this great stuff or look at Ryan or look at this other person, but they don't see the 10 years before that or all the things that they went through. So to me, that's what I would say. It's, it's helped me to remember that everybody has a story. Everybody has a journey. Um, and it doesn't matter where they're at today. Like they went through some stuff to get there. Yeah, there are a few things in this world that will humble you as much as entrepreneurship. <laughs> yes. Maybe martial arts, but that's a whole different story. But we talk about entrepreneurship so much on the show um, because I've said before is when we talk about elevating ourselves as men, our capacity for lives, our lives, as long as we work a nine to five, and we, we, we could work a sales job, a commission job. As long as we work for somebody else, we're putting our livelihood in the dollar that we make in the hands of someone else. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with the main job, but having multiple streams of income, having the ability to actually influence the money we make with our actions, I think is hugely valuable for men to have when it comes to elevating your capacity for life and, and taking care of the people around you. So I, I, I thank you so much, Ryan, for the, for the knowledge that you've given us, some of those tips and some of the things that you've broken down, because it's really, really helpful in terms of how we can identify our lives and, and pour into those around us while also elevating our ability to provide value for others, whether that be through coaching, whether that be through a different business, but elevating ourselves at the very least, investing in ourselves to be better for the community around us. So I thank you so much for sharing today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Ted. This was awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm I'm going to recap some of the uh some of the tips and really some of the gems and the bombs you dropped along the podcast. Uh, first with action brings clarity. Right out the bat, a lot of us look around and I've heard so many people say like I just don't know where to start. And I'm like just start somewhere. It's like, well, I don't I'm not really sure how to get to to Z. Well, figure out how to get to B first. And then B could lead to C. We don't have to lay out the whole alphabet. We just need to get the first few letters. Pain is fuel to move forward. Sometimes the avoidance of pain is the higher motivator before the uh, the pursuit of pleasure. And understanding those two really are the base foundation of why we do anything. It's either the pursuit of pleasure or the avoidance of pain. And obviously the pain is the higher motivator. Business skills can be learned quickly, but the mindset is probably going to be a little bit longer to adapt for so many of us. And if you're like me, you've read all the business books. You've you've read how to do the marketing, how to do the sales, how to do the reach outs. For, for some reason, you pick up that phone and all of a sudden, that message is a little bit harder to send. It sounds good in theory, but in practice, it's a little different. That's because the emotion comes into play. That mindset is what we might need to focus on. And then 
taking action to take more action. And of course, building confidence through that said action, being an entrepreneur, not being about just the resources, but resourcefulness, how resourceful are you in the situation and in the setup that you are? And then those, the breakdowns, the five, the five key things, clarity, commitment, coaching, courageous action, course correction, breaking down those five as Ryan shared to help get you through towards your vision and hit those goals along the way. And then knowing the difference between the vision and goals, vision being that, that, that long audacious goal that you're going for, but the goals are the small checkpoints along the way that help you get there. Boundaries for your work hours. If you're working 24 seven, something might be off a little bit. Setting up those boundaries appropriately, having a system in place, and of course, your six power questions or your routine that helps identify you with your daily why. And then success is built on success. Decisions determine your destination. And don't wait until you hit rock bottom before you impart the wisdom of a mentor or a coach. Use the resources around you. Be resourceful. You have two guys here that pour into others. And if you feel like reaching out to Ryan, be sure to hit the links in the show notes below. Guys, thank you so much for making it to the end. Ryan, thank you again for hopping on. And if you got value from this, it would mean the world if you hit us with a like, a subscribe to get a new episode each and every single week. And make sure you leave us a rating to let us know how we're doing. The only way we improve is by you leaving us that feedback and share this with somebody else that you know would get value from it too. It really is the greatest compliment that you can give us here on the Modern Man Podcast. Guys, we appreciate you. And as we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow. Let's get past the day. I think we're going to do a great job.